Welcome to Changing the Channel with Joe Garner, a show about shifting our individual and collective beliefs on what is possible for the future of humanity. As our understanding of how our reality continues to shift, we are at a point of reunification between science and spirituality. What does the world look like when we break free from the generational trauma that has kept most humans playing small for thousands of years and step into our full power as the co-creators of this reality? I always ask that you keep an open mind with this podcast. Ask yourself what resonates with my truth at this time and what does not. Respect your intuition, but see if you can get through the whole show because there might be that little nugget buried deep in the conversation that unlocks something for you. Welcome back to Changing the Channel. I am joined today by Marla Carton. She's a writer, speaker, intu intuition development instructor at a university and co-founder of Intuitive Wellness Institute. So welcome to the show, Marla. Thank you for having me. You are very welcome. So let's just really dive in. Um, you're working at the Intuitive, or you co-founded the Intuitive Wellness Institute. So what's got you the most excited uh, thing that you're working on over there? Besides the mustache, right? Your mustache. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, I mean, we focus mainly on teaching intuition development uh, as a part of your overall health and wellness, right? So the more that you develop your intuition, the easier your life gets, the healthier you become, and the less your aches and pains go away. And so I uh, developed a program, a series of classes on how to do exactly that, starting from the very basics to more advanced, where we get into physics and the science of subtle energy and all of that. Beautiful. Who are, who's your main clients? Who are the, um, you know, do you have like a, a, a client? A demographic? Base? Yeah, exactly. Now, so this is something actually, I'm glad you asked. Uh, this is something that I found that um, they're really, it's such a different niche because you have, I find that um, kids that are young, 20s, you know, 18 to 20, they are so much more open than I think the generation that I grew up in was allowed to be, whether we were is a different thing. You know, we were generation X. We were going to be what we were going to be. That was it. Not you, Joe, me. <laughs> right. So I'm technically then, a millennial. Right. I'm on the last year of, or the first year of millennial. Oh, 1980? Uh, 87. Like, yeah. 87? I thought 80, but anyway. Who I don't know. Who knows? The point is. Yes. So the, so I find that you have that, right? That age group. Then from there, you have the people who are around my age, 40s, who are like, is this all there is, right? Because you think for a long time, and I don't know, I'm just saying from my experience, you, you work so hard at a job and you just become complacent almost. Right. So, and is this all there is? Am I willing to spend the next 25, however many years till I retire doing this, going through these motions? I'm not happy in this job. I don't know if I picked the right partner. La la la. So then there's that. Right. And then my biggest client are actually between 60 and 75, 80. Right. Really? Because, yeah, it's insane. Because, and, and I love it because they're so open. And you would think, then it would be the opposite, 
right? But there are so many people that are finding that I see almost daily in private clients that are really intuitive, that are really to the point of psychic, that people who have gone from, you know, not doing anything in retirement to all of a sudden their master Reiki healers. I mean, these, it's so amazing to watch this shift of something that they didn't even consider before. So I don't have a demographic. I have like every 20 years, I find there's like 20 year gaps. And then those are my clients. Yeah, that's very interesting. And that, that kind of goes along. There's, there's the idea of um, turnings. Uh, I forget the author who coined it, but basically every 20 years, uh, you oh, go yeah. through these experiences and every 80 years there's a there's a major turning so it's it's a complete shift in the society that you're experiencing in. and yeah it it tends to line up every 20 years there's this there's a new set of of um, like a generation that comes through and they have these these abilities and and it's we were talking about it earlier we were talking about you know kind of fish being in water right like I you can only experience your unique perspective of reality. We're all ex- viewing reality from a different perspective and you can only view reality from your unique perspective. And it, when you're intuitive, you might be able to understand what people are thinking, but you can't see through their eyes and experience through their brain, through all the limitations, the limiting beliefs, the lenses that they have built up. You're not experiencing reality through that perspective. So you might be completely a psychic, intuitive, uh, a, a natural healer, but because there's no framework or belief in your mind to understand what that is, you're just experiencing reality from this is how everybody's experiencing reality. And then you you come across somebody who has a framework that explains what you've been experiencing for the last 60 or 70 years. And they they're telling you, hey, not everybody experiences this. Now the lights come on. They're like, oh, this is this is what I've been experiencing in life. So it's almost as if the society kind of shuts down the idea of these psychic abilities, the you know, tapping into quantum realities. And now we're in in the the pendulum swing where society is becoming a little bit more open to these ideas and not just open to them in we're going to allow them, but open to them in finding out and understanding exactly what is happening, which I think you're kind of a part of under like the, the actual science of quantum reality. Well, thank you. Um, I do think that you're right too, is I do think there's a period of time when we just, uh, as a society just accepted what was told to us. And I think that, you know, and whether or not it was a pandemic or whatever it was, but there was something that was happening before that. You could feel the, a shift, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it just kind of, people just were done with it, right? Like, they're just like, why are we accepting? It's like, think about it. If there's a color spectrum. On, on the color spectrum, our eyes and our technology can only see 0.003% of the color spectrum. Right. Well, so what I always tell people in my class is that, okay, I want you to think of it this way. If you have a basket of red grapes and one bunch of green on top and you go to somebody and like, oh, do I have too many red grapes, but they're colorblind? They can see green for some reason, but they can't see red. It doesn't mean that those red ones are not there. It just means they can't see them, Mm -hmm. right? So they don't have an explanation for that. It's just like viruses before the microscope was invented. There was somebody that eventually said, 
hey, what if there's something invisible in this water that's killing us? Or, you know, and then that person's like, oh my God, they're crazy. She's a witch, burn her at the stake. And right. it turns out a microscope is invented and there's something in the water that was killing us. So that's how I try to explain it to people is that just approach this journey with an open mind. And they find that 99.9% of them, actually all of them so far, um, leave with an understanding of how it works. So the other thing that you had said was that you can't see in people's, how they view life. Well, this is what I always tell people their intuition is for, is you're gathering in, uh, energetic information at a different frequency and you your intuition is going to bring that in, but it is your job to interpret that mm -hmm. in a way that passes a message along either to yourself or someone else. You have to go to your frame of reference because the information that you're getting is only from your lens. Right. So that that translation is really important. And I don't think there's people that understand how to do that or what that means. Yeah, I think that's a, you know, that's that's kind of the idea behind being a, a, a clean vessel, right? To get rid of all your lenses and traumas if you're going to go into the spiritual realm because you have the ability, you could take the information from that person, but if you soil it with your, you know, negative worldviews or your perspective or your belief system, then it, it becomes less functional and less a less positive message for that person. It's a less clean, pure message for that person. Because like you said, you know, until they can, until they can build that technique of using their own intuition where, you know, the, they're going to have, if you can tap into your own intuition, you're able, there is no intermediary between you and the information that is coming. Whereas when you have right. to go to a psychic or a, uh, right. a channel or something like that, that person is the intermediary, which it's just like playing that the game of phone. You know, every single time you add another person between the start and the end, you're going to have miscommunication. You're going to have loss of signal. You're going to have all these different interruptions between that that information that needs to get from point A to point B, and that's what it is in the psychic in the the medium world as well. Like the the more. Uh, the more you can tap into your own intuition, the less you have to filter through other people's perspectives to get that information. That brings up another point that I have. A, a, something, I mean, I kind of bristles me, I guess, is um, I don't like the gatekeeping in this yeah. industry. I don't feel like I don't want people to have to come to me to get intuitive information. I really do think that if, you just learn a little bit about science and the way that it works in how you get intuitive information and how that gets translated, like you just said, then you don't have to. It's like there's so much gatekeeping that goes on, I think, that makes them feel, I don't know, I just, it bothers me, I guess, because I think it's, it's for everybody, right? Right. Isn't and that I think, why we're here? <laughs> so I think, everybody's vibration raises? Yeah, exactly. I think there's two, two kind of perspectives you can take from that because there's also a a large part of the population that doesn't want to believe at this point that doesn't want to believe in something mm. outside That's of themselves accurate. so mm -hmm. as long as if you have this ability as long as you're willing to share it with anybody who wants to learn it then yeah you're not gatekeeping but just because everybody doesn't want to learn it it doesn't necessarily mean that it's being gate kept by those because i was i agree you yeah know, that's a good point 
I've I've talked to tons of people and it's like, okay, here's the quantum science. Here's here's my personal experience. I'm I'm literally able to tap into a another dimension and bring in information that that didn't exist before. But you don't want to believe that and you're just going to you you know, you'll assign whatever you whatever belief that you want to to what I'm doing. So there's really no point in me trying to argue or teach, talk, you, right. teach you about it. It's just like, okay, I'll give you the information and you can take with it what you want. You can, you can use it if you choose to. And if you don't choose to, if you're like, I don't believe in psychic abilities. I don't believe in anything outside of, you know, the five sense reality. Well, that's, you're going to live in that reality. And there's, there's coming a time where it, that, that reality, that, that purely five sense reality, the, the reductionist uh, perspective of reality isn't going to be tenable with the rest of society. It's going to be in the antithesis of where we are mu- moving as a as a humanity, and that is going to be. It's probably going to be a little bit more difficult to come out of that, especially if you continue to dig your heels in um, in mm. the face of evidence that continues to come out. Um, that transition from you know being the last person to make this jump versus the first person, even though these you know, I look back 50 or 60 or 70 years ago at these psychics that were coming out and they, they were being uh, blasphemized. They were basically being torn apart. Like you're, you're just a crazy person. They were putting them on medications. Um, you know, that was probably a pretty hard walk to walk as well. Just as difficult as it'll be for the, the last five sense reality person to make the jump to the quantum. Yes, I agree. That brings up a really good point too. Is what you know what I so two things. A, I agree with you that there is uh, what not everybody is a gatekeeper because you're right. Not everybody. I think everyone should open their intuition for their own health and wellness, just as a way to read energy in your own body for mental illness, for preventative medicine, for trying to heal your own self before you go to. I believe in Western medicine. I'm not saying I don't. But before we go down, before, as you were saying earlier, managing symptoms, right? Let's, it, it's more of a way to figure out the root of the issues. And, and a lot of those are emotional things too. So yes, there are people who aren't going to be doing this for a living. And then you're going to go to them for a reading. All I'm saying, but I don't like the gatekeeping of like the mystery behind it. And I do this and you can't. That's yeah. what I don't like. I, I agree. But the other part that you just said is you know, 50, 60 years ago or whatever that be even before that almost a hundred. Yeah. Probably. This is what I, yeah. And this is what I tell people all the time too, is that as a woman, right. I vote women have died for my right to vote. Okay. I'm psychic. I was born that way. I was born being able to see things other people couldn't see women have been burned at the stake for my abilities to come out here today to say this. So I always say like, why? So to, to th- I think about that often, what you just said is like, that's a really hard road to go, you know, mm-hmm. to, to back then. And I think that it's also our job, you, me, not just as a woman, like there's the Edward Casey's of the world and the, you know, right. Esther all Hicks of the really, and... exactly. Right. So Bashar, Bashar, exactly. I mean, he was doing that. I mean, in, in the eighties, he was having channeled exactly. readings for. I, I think in the eighties, it was a very specific group of people, and you had to, you know, 
you kind of yeah. had to know what you were getting into. He wasn't putting it out on TikTok in the eighties, but now it's, it's, uh, you know, almost ubiquitous. Like people see a channel and they're like, Oh wow, look at that. Look at this information that's coming through. And it's hard to argue the, just the immense amount of information he's able to bring through. And he doesn't falter ever. There's never a, like, it's always the same. It's always consistent. He never falters. There's, you know, how so channeling, this is one of the things. So you had mentioned that you channel information. And when I give private readings, I 90% of the time, I have no idea what I've said to somebody because it just, all I know is that my throat feels really dry. And then, you know, but I've heard recordings of myself doing it and it's, it's unnerving and I'm sure you have the same, (laughs) but I think there's something to the fact that, um, my voice, like I'm not a very clear speaker as like right now, as you'll, as you're going to see, as you find out, as we keep listening or talking, um, there's so many things and so many competing thoughts that things don't come out very smooth when it's a channel. It's very quick. There are no pauses. There are no ums. There are no, you know, it's just like a bet, 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 and the things get repeated, right? And so that is what I think of all the time when I first started watching people like Esther, uh, Esther Hicks, Abraham Hicks, yeah, right, and Bashar, but yes, um, they don't Esther have was any. The, was the was the the being. woman? Yeah. Yes, and then Abraham is Abraham was the channel. Right. I don't. I believe. I want. Anyway. Uh, yes, you're right. I want to take a minute from the show to share how you can support changing the channel. The show is my passion project. And if you feel called to support, the best place to start is by subscribing and sharing the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Next would be to check out my website in the show notes where you can become a VIP of the show and get exclusive content not available anywhere else. Finally, you can engage with the Q&A and polls to have direct say in the direction of the show. I am forever thankful for your support. And now, back to the show. But I do notice that there's no ums and there's no pauses and there's no, and the cadence is always the same and the information is always the same and it's very consistent. And it's, you know, I'd love to have a conversation with Daryl, I can't remember, the, the person. Yeah. About how he feels afterwards. Like, yeah, because- are you exhausted when you're done? I, so I can definitely feel it in my throat and I can, um, mm-hmm. if you actually, you can probably go back and listen to some of the, some of the podcasts that I've put out already and you will notice a difference between the first five minutes and then the last 20 or 30 minutes because the first five minutes, like I'm in my own head. I'm not, I'm not worrying about what the conversation is. I'm more worried about, okay, how do I get, introduce this person? How do I get the conversation going? And then once it gets into that flow, there's no ums, there's no pauses, there's no uh, kind of waiting to to think of something to say. It is a it's a clear cadence and it just continues to come out. So the other one I will say is that I think it's fascinating to watch interviews with Daryl when he's not channeling because he has retained an incredible amount of information that has been channeled through him. And I'm sure doing it for 35 years that information does get retained and maybe it it only is from him watching the videos because i experienced that as well when i'm channeling i'll i'll have a stream of thought and then it's gone like i have no idea what i just talked about for the last 20 or 30 minutes 
So it's, do you ever it's do automatic writing and, and then see what, because then you have a record of it later because I did it recently and I was flummoxed. I was looking, I was looking at it and I'm like, what? I mean, the things that I was, you know, that I had written down were just, I personally would not have thought of. Yeah, I do that all the time. I've got <laughs> I've got these journals that I've been keeping for the last two years, and I'll go back. I'll just pick it. To, I'll open it up, and it's you know February third, two thousand twenty one, and I'm literally writing about what I'm actually working on at this very moment. It it is crazy to see how accurate it is, and what what I was right. talking about back then, based on the information that I knew it is. It's weird. It's it's odd. It's like uh, it's it's hard to explain. I I had the same situation. I I've never been like a I'm a I'm a writer, but a journaler. I don't know. Um, I was as a kid, and I think I had a traumatic experience regarding journaling, and mm-hmm. so I stopped. <laughs> Some, somebody found your journal. Yeah, and then they use it against you. But as as a writer, there's a difference, right? And as somebody who isn't always, like, there was nothing bad in it. It was just, you know, I'm a writer. Like, I, (laughs) but so I didn't. So now um, I only do it for, I do, I keep track of all client communication, but I have to physically write it down. Otherwise, I won't remember because I don't know what I'm saying. Um, So, you're, I just recently was going back through a couple years ago and the same thing. And I was like, oh my God. I, I, if there's one piece of advice that I could give to anybody, it's basically what if you start to get into a routine, right? It's five minutes a day of trying to just silence, right? Just, just start writing. You can just right. write the color blue over and over again if you want to. And then eventually something's going to come out. Just keep track of it because you will be astounded when you go back and look at a, how far you come and b how much you were intuitively picking up on. It's crazy. Yeah. It, it, it still boggles my mind. And I love, I, I wish I did it more. I wish I, uh, and it seems to get me out of, you know, when you're, when you're experiencing like a negative, uh, feeling or a negative, oh, you know, a, a day, absolutely. if you yeah. go back and read those journals, it's just like, Oh wait, you know, I, I've known this stuff for so long. Like, what am I worried about? Like, this is, I am clearly on my path because two years ago I was writing out what my path would look like. And here I am walking the path that I envisioned two years ago. So let's envision. Wait, can path. I ask you two years ago, were you living where you are now? Was this when you were before you? This you, was before like, this was, it was after my awakening. It was after my, you know, kundalini spiritual awakening awakening it, to it, walk me through that do you mind like what um yeah i can that uh, di- it was uh so it was basically like a weekend in august 2021 and i went to bed i was like the same person you know i was an agnostic i i didn't believe in anything above myself mm-hmm. i was a very materialistic person not not like trying to get all the material in the world, but like materialistic as in there was nothing outside of the five sense reality. It was a very reductionistic perspective oh, on the world. It was just external validation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, it's external validation is what it was society. what I always say. Yeah. Right. Society I, I was the same way. I, you're not this is yeah, I'm trying to get out of the sun over here. Okay. Yeah, you're good. Yes. 
So then the next morning I woke up and I was connected. I started writing. I started journaling. I started, you know, basically talking to myself. I was basically channeling for myself for the next couple of days. And in that space, I awoken to this higher sense of reality, this this multidimensional aspect of reality that I'd never been awoken to before. And again, I hadn't been practicing. There wasn't a a system that that brought this on. It just happened. It, it one day I woke up and it was I was connected to the universe. And the years before that, I was at least unconscious of my connection to the universe. Again, it's it's I didn't know I was swimming in water at that point. And then one day I knew I was swimming in water. And that was like it, it changed everything for me. And and it wasn't a quick change. It was it took me I kinda I had three day period then I forgot about it for like two or three months. Yeah. Then I had a mushroom journey and experienced the totality of the consciousness of the universe. I went to you know the dark, um, the dark orb in the middle of the universe, uh, basically void of any duality whatsoever. Came back from that, had to process that for about a month and figure out, okay, what the heck? What does this mean? Like I don't even understand what this is. So started doing some research, figuring that that out. Um, then got involved with some groups, some spiritual groups that kind of gave me a little bit more understanding, uh, and then eventually led to a past life regression, which really gave me some perspective on why I'm here, what I'm here to do. Uh, and then it's been just figuring out what, what my life looks like after this understanding of where we're at in humanity, this, this transition away from the reductionistic separation consciousness that you and I are all separate from each other moving towards a more unified consciousness where we understand, okay, like there is an energy field that is connecting all of us. And the more that we play into and, and uh, feel into that energy field, the better society is going to go because we've seen what happens when we go down a purely reductionistic, uh, a purely Newtonian physics based um, map of the world. It leads us to war and crime and, uh, you know, destroying the planet because we're all fighting over what we consider as finite resources instead of cooperating to maximize the usage of those finite resources as as a feeling of more unified consciousness. I couldn't agree more. Let me ask you a question. So you went to bed one day and you woke up and you started writing and all of these things. Do you think that there was something going to happen that um, this, and I know it was gradual after that, but it was kind of a sudden, you know. It was a, it you, was a kick out the door, you know. Right, right. Um, do you think that in some way, shape, or form, it saved your life? That that's why it had to happen to you like that? Because you were going, something was going to happen, or you're going down a path, you're making bad choice. Something in some way, it saved your life because that's what I'm getting from. I this. would, I would say definitely. So how I kind of uh, have put it over the years is when you're not on your path, when you're in the physical reality, but you're not doing the things that you were meant to do, the your intuition begins to whisper to you. It sends you very subtle signs and hopeful that, okay, you know, you'll pick up on these subtle signs. As you ignore those subtle signs, it starts to, you know, maybe it'll start knocking on the door. It'll start oh, sending yeah. things into your life like illness, disease, 
poverty, you know, all the all the negative aspects of reality until you finally at some point it it just kicks the door down and says, "All right, it's time to walk this path. Let's go. We're going this way. Um, you know, figure it out as you go, but here's here's just a glimpse of what you're expected to do or be or why you're here." And that that was what happened to me. And I think what a lot of people go through is uh and what what uh, I would say Newtonian science has has done a very good job at is figuring out how to help people cope with this this house being on fire, um, you know, th- them walking the wrong pathway and not going down the, the 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 pathway that was designed for them. They've done a very good job of helping people cope with that ability to ignore the signs, ignore their intuition, ignore their um, you know, their path in life. And that allows people to walk that path, that wrong path, or, or at least stand still on the wrong path and not progress towards something that they're supposed to be progressing towards the, the lessons that they're here to learn, the, the experiences that they're here to have. It allows them to stay there for longer and longer and longer until at some point something breaks. Somebody talks to them and, and says, Hey, have you heard about intuition or have you heard about God? Uh, have you heard about the universe? And that sparks something in them to be like, okay, there is, there's something else out there. There's something more to this than just what I've been experiencing. Well, who and would profit from it if if we exactly. all exactly nobody nobody you know, who would, who would profit if, if suddenly everybody realized that they were in charge. Right. Exactly. And not even just healed, just understood that, you know, and that's something that actually has been really, uh, it's hard to even get into the subject without um, worrying that you're going to be seen as a conspiracy theorist. theorist. But there are so many things that I think over the course of just doing the scientific research that I've done in order to create the classes that I have is that a lot of the times... If you even just look at the things that we do accept as a society, well, some of us, um, that are scientifically proven, right? Like your meridian system or your chakra system, there's there's no doubt, right? Regardless of the word, if you're going to use chakra, you're going to use energy vortexes along your spine, right? Right. Whatever. The, The word is irrelevant. The point is that if you really look at things like, for example, I'm going to give you a good one, thyroid problems, right? So if I were to go and get a blood test done and they're going to test me for thyroid um, problems, I think what they do is they test for T4 cells, right? And if that's off and what they're not testing for is the conversion rate of T3 cells to T4 cells. Hmm. And forgive me if I'm wrong, any doctors, but it's one of those. I could have it backwards. The point is I just know that they're not testing for the conversion rate now if they had tested for the conversion rate, right? So if that rate has slowed down, that a lot of the times it's just a very simple addition to minerals, calcium, magnesium, something to that effect that might bring the conversion rate up and give you that pause to say, okay, what am I, you know, let's figure out what's going on here before you just jump to, oh my God, I have Graves' disease or I have, you know, a thyroid hypo hyperthyroid is hypo one of them anyway you know because so why aren't we testing for those things right but i also know that 
from what I just know about being able to read energy, I can see those things in people's energy. And there's all these studies that have been done where energy healers, medical intuitives, they had uh, this one study. It's actually in the book called The Subtle Anatomy um, by Cindy Cindy Dale. Subtle energy. Here it is. This one. It was in here. See it? Ah, the subtle body. Yeah, so I was just like, <laughs> it's like a medical textbook. Anyway, there's this whole study in there about um, how they found that medical intuitives, right? They did this study and that they are, the medical intuitives had a 98% pop rate of getting things correct, diagnosis correct. Western medicine, same people, 78%. Well, what is that? Why? Right. Right. And so if that makes no sense because you would think, right. So anybody that is saying that they're, you know, your ability to check into energy or things like that, it's just, that's why I'm saying who would profit, who would profit if we knew that if we were in touch with our intuition and how energy works within our bodies and we could prevent big diseases from happening just by reading subtle signs, who would profit? Right. And that's, that's the, that's where we're at in society is trying to figure out, okay, how do we get off this growth at all cost system? Because that's uh, my background is finance. So I I understand Uh, where we're at in society. So they've, they've created a system, a monetary system, the US dollar system, which is based off of growth. It only works if the system continues to grow. So any solution that, that, takes away from that growth that removes GDP from from our our economy it is seen as a negative because we've we built this system and it's it's based on fractional reserve banking it's based on the ability of a bank to take in deposits and then loan 90% of those deposits out and that system only works if you continue to grow faster than the economy like you have to grow that that money only grows if the economy is growing when it shrinks that money system shrinks and it's bad for everybody and we've all agreed i mean you and i haven't agreed at some (laughs) point our parents and grandparents agreed to be a part of this system and now we're at this weird phase where we're trying to figure out okay we know that growth at all cost is not a sustainable thing it's not it it doesn't work it's impossible but the opposite of that is to send everybody else back into, uh, you know, 50 years worth of growth. We send it backwards and we end up with, you know, we actually, if we mark to market the, the actual GDP versus this inflated GDP that we're all considering, we, we would go back to, we would lose probably close to 70% of the economy. Uh, and, and that's a huge number. However, it would be far better for society to kind of to to take that hit and move forward without because you know there there really is no other way I, I don't see any other way to get off of this this treadmill that we're on currently uh and that's that's kind of the tricky part and that's what again i give a lot of respect to the people at the fed who are trying to figure this out because they didn't start the problem either i mean you know ben bernanke wasn't the one that that took us off the gold standard and brought us into uh this federalist banking system that that 
has brought about the the system that we're currently on. But he's doing his best to figure out how we do how do we get off of that. And I think a lot of people get really caught up in blaming the people who are trying to figure out these these gigantic massive societal problems. They blame them and they're like, all right, throw them out. Let's get a new person in. They'll figure it out. And it's like, no, we need to figure this out as a society. Like we all have to take a hit on this if we're going to move forward. At least that that's from my perspective. And and again, I'm not a uh, a world class economist, but I do have a basic understanding of what what the system has been doing for the last 50 to 70 years. And again, it, it started with fractional reserve banking. Then we went off the gold standard, which, which basically became a fiat currency. And then through the fiat currency, the, the only way to keep that system, that boat alive, to keep bailing all that water out is, is perpetual growth. And anything that, that, that hurts that perpetual growth system now becomes a threat to the society as a whole. So again, getting this information out and letting people make decisions for themselves is probably the best way to do this because I think the solution is in everyone understanding what the problems are and then us coming up with a solution. Right. So this is why I'm so adamant on the education portion of of what we're talking about, right? So I always feel like if we can start at a very fundamental basic level and we go over science that's already available to us, but we make it accessible and we begin to educate, right? So I, I teach at a college level right now. So those college students, right, they already have less of a need for an external validation, mm-hmm. materialistic things than I ever saw growing up, right? And even like you had said, like I went through a period of time in my own life where I always looked for an external validation. I mean, I worked in fashion for Christ's sake. And you know what I mean? And it was, and it just, I just felt like it just, I don't know, but I, you can see it in, and kids, they're just like, well, I don't really need anything. Like they don't just go out and shop for fun. Like it becomes more of a, a meaningful existence. So I feel like you're saying, yes, it's going to have to be a complete, you know, reversal essentially to to how we're living but i feel like we can make it happen if people like you and i if we are doing it in a very approachable way that is non-threatening to people's livelihood and things of that nature at this moment then those little things those changes so the people that are in college that are being educated right now on this they're going to go and have children they're going to raise their children differently right and that is how we begin generational change in it and eventually they're going to be able to teach at a at a starting off in elementary school about mindfulness and you know what external validation is and how to pay attention to your intuition and discern those things anyway i'm not saying it's a perfect solution it's it's my it's 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 how i'm trying to contribute (laughs) and i think that i think that comes with really rethinking the structure of the school system because the school system i agree the public school Holy system, shit. at least, has, is from the 1930s and 40s, and it hasn't really changed since. It was, it was designed to create good factory workers because that's what we needed in America, were people to go yeah. into the factories and create things. And now it's creating good consumers, and those good consumers are, uh, again, they're solving – they're trying to solve problems with the same – type of thinking that created the problems that Einstein talks about that 
and we need solutions that that are you know a, a step above the where we were when we created those problems and and you know i think the there are some solutions that that exist in the quantum finance world in in the idea of a um you know a, a decentralized economic system that does seem to to play a little bit better uh, again i'm not very well versed in that but from what i've read and what i understand it does seem to be a better system than the fractional reserve banking system growth at all cost fiat system um but again, there's always trade-offs. There's always going to be a positive and a negative to anything that you do. So we just have to be, again, you know, like you said, it starts with the education. It starts with allowing everybody to be making these decisions instead of a very small percentage of people to make those decisions. Well, you know, case in point, you were just saying um, the school system, right? So I, I found that and I don't know how you dealt with school. I found that uh, for me, I was kicked out of every class because I couldn't sit still, right? And I literally would fall out of my chair. It's I actually have a good one for you. So there's one day I'm in math. Okay, so here's like this. I had a notebook that was open like this, and it's and I had a pen, rest a pencil like this, and I was wiggling around so much that I hit my chin like that. Oh. This went flying into the back of the room and I fell on the floor and I'll never forget this. My teacher walked by and she just looks at me on the floor with like papers everywhere and she goes, okay. And then stood there silently <laughs> waiting for me to like embarrassingly like get up and nobody made a move. It was like the most embarrassing thing that ever happened. Right. Now, the reason why I'm telling you this story is because I'm smart. Like I started school early. You know, I literally would talk to you about quantum physics. I'm a college professor, you know, but right. in school, if I didn't sit still and memorize things the way that everybody else did, I wanted to understand why I needed to do it this way. Or could you, or I'd ask a question that, and they would just be like, can't you just read this and, and write down what I just told you? Right. Right. And that is what bothered me, right? So then, so then that brings you into this whole neurodivergent brain situation, right? So you're taught neurodivergent is wrong, like different is wrong. When actual in actuality, when it comes to accessing certain areas of our brains, it's powerful. Thank you. Do I wish I could sit still sometimes? Yes, absolutely. It would make my life a whole lot easier. But it doesn't mean like that, you know, just because I. Anyone can memorize things, okay? Don't tell me you can't memorize. You can memorize it. You don't even need so, to anymore. AI has it all figured out. Anything right. you need to memorize, like AI's got it. Right. So it's like people would say to me, well, how come, you know, if you're kicked out of French class every day and you, I've never, I never even took the book home to, right. in high school, I still got straight A's. How did I do that? Sadly, I intuitively just would be like, da -da 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 -da. but I wanted to learn. I didn't want to memorize. Right. That was my experience right? in college. Like I didn't buy textbooks for three and a half years. Uh, Holy moly. Wow. Textbooks for the first semester and realized that it was a waste of time. So I, yeah. you know, I, there were a couple classes. There was an English class that I had to buy the textbook because we were literally reading stories out of it. But everything else, the, all my finance classes, business classes, psych and all those classes i didn't buy the textbook because i went to class and i studied and and you know it was very 
easy for me to learn from listening to people and I did not learn from reading books and I figured that out and I, you know, got some very nice, uh, some fun evenings out on my mom because she would give me, you know, a thousand dollars for those textbooks and I would take them to the bar and, and enjoy myself. Oh. <laughs> Look at you, you're always a businessman. Yeah. Well, that brings, that actually brings up another good point is that, and this goes along with even like your intuitive, your intuitive gifts. So you just said you learn by listening. Right. Okay. A, you know that about yourself. Most people don't, I ask almost every client, like, do you know, how do you learn the best? Right. So one of the things that I'll ask is, so, okay, so I just met you, right? So you just met me, just say, how do you remember my name? If I'm in a room of people, how do you personally remember my name? I would have to create some type of mnemonic device or put how I would remember your name is that I went to high school with a girl named Carla Martin. And I would say it's the reverse. It's Marla Carton. Right. Okay. That's the only way I would remember your name. Okay, so that to me is it is exhibiting two different learning types. So you have, and that would tell me exactly how your intuition works in your body. So that would tell me the mnemonic device because of the the way that you're remembering it and the sound um, is your hearing, right? And you already said I learned by hearing, um, which is clear audience, right? You're going to pick up intuitive information in a clairaudient way, which doesn't always mean you're hearing it. Like physically hearing it. Right. Right. That doesn't, that does, that is one part of it. There's a whole different thing. The other thing is you paired my name with something that you already knew. And that is somebody who can channel because that is a download claircognizant thing, right? Mm -hmm. Not clairsentient where I'm going to feel things physically in my body. It's claircognizant. You're actually pairing it with something you already knew. And that is how, like I said earlier, our intuition development is our dictionary on how to in, in, uh, interpret intuitive information, right. right? So you just knowing that how you learn is a big deal. I wish that everybody could understand that. I wish that in school we were even offered classes. You could test on it. Like- you could or you can have a choice. Yes, exactly. Or you can have a choice. Hey, this class is really good for visual learners. Right. You know, how, just so you know that, right? And that everybody knows their learning style because then they know how to also uh, understand how intuitive information comes to them the easiest. Not that you can't develop the other ways, but it's how you develop the easiest. Like for me, if I want to remember your name and I'm a room full of people, I will literally see the letters in the air, almost like newspaper, old school, courier type, bang, 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 like J-O-E. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't know that that was not how everybody did it. As you said earlier, that was my lens of the world. Right. And also growing up, I could see beings. (laughs) So that was my first gift that I realized I had was being clairvoyant, seeing. Hmm. Right. And I'm also a visual learner. So like, so I, you know, and it change, things change, but I'm always a visual learner. If I see something, I'll remember it. I'm like almost like a photographic memory. I'll like see it. Yeah. yeah I just think that everybody should have that information. We should all, <laughs> and that's how we should kind of be designing these, this, this next iteration of schools because it's going to be coming. And, and, you know, what I've kind of put together is yes, there's probably three or four different main ways that most people learn. 
So you have to kind of separate kids out in how they learn. And then it's, you kind of have to separate them out at the, the speed at which they learn as well. And that, that takes some rethinking of classrooms instead of it being just, okay, you're in fifth grade and sixth grade and seventh grade. It's like, okay, you're in, you know, the neurodivergent, uh, level three classroom. And when you're ready to graduate from that classroom, you go to the next classroom and, yeah, you might have kids that are 14 years old that are graduating, you know, college at that point. But that's where we're at in humanity. Like, just because they're able to graduate college doesn't make it, you know, bad or wrong. But, you know, you you have to think outside of the box for some of these issues and problems that, that we're experiencing. And you have to admit that there are issues and problems because I think a lot of people, you know, have a, have a real hard time saying, hey, there is actually a problem with our school system. I don't think, yes, I agree with you, but what I'm finding is that I'm going to go back to what you were saying earlier and your point and agree with you on the, you know, there seems to be a huge blame game. And what that to me is like, that's a, that, that's a very narcissistic personality trait, right? Mm -hmm. The blame game, like, uh, you know, all of a sudden they start a fire over here, right? So they, but then they blame somebody else for that fire to take the attention away from the fact that they started the fire, right? The person standing closest to the, well, he's standing closest to the fire. Couldn't have been me, right? <laughs> it's just like this, who cares? There's a fire, put it out. Like let's right. work together as a team. That's what I mean is that I just, it just, whenever people, I, do you know what it's, I know what it is. It's the accountability issue that I think this, times are changing into all of us realizing that there's nothing wrong with taking accountability for your mistakes and trying to put in motion things to correct them instead of trying to blame other people and hoping you don't get caught because we're no longer burned at a stake like or beaten or hung right so what's going to happen to us if we just say "Ooh, i fucked that up i'm sorry excuse me i messed that up Sorry, I didn't mean to no, say that. No, you're good. We, we swear on this all the time. <laughs> okay. You know, like what's going to happen other than you garner some respect and you right. set an example and you're willing to change. You lead by example. You don't lead by Thank you know, you. Cal- cowering <laughs> in fear of what other people are going to think about you. Or blaming other people for your your crap. That You know, that's what I can't, that's what I think it is. I see that all the time and I also see it, you know, I have, uh, I have, children that have gone through the school systems or even just in general i have a 22 year old and i have a a 15 almost 15 year old and both of them have the same hot button that if you don't take account, they cannot stand when somebody just doesn't take accountability for their actions and i Mm -hmm. and the revisionist history thing like well it didn't happen like that it happened like this you know that's that's what you were saying earlier it's like they just blame well that's great you can blame everybody else but how do we fix it Right. Let's, let's work on solutions. Let's not, let's let's try to like, you know, figure out who's to blame about this whole issue. It's like, okay, like we see that there is a problem. Let's figure out how to solve that problem and and work together to solve that problem. But again, how do you profit from that? How do you profit from solving problems? And that it, it, it's this circular, like there is no start or end to where the problem is. There's just a whole bunch of different systems that were built on top of each other that that have gotten us to this point. And now we have to figure out how do we 
because uh, in 2012, you know, there was a big, everybody knew that there was a problem, right? There was the, we had to tear the system down. We had to, we had to bear, take it all down, but there was no system to be put back into place to, to, you know, because we have this society that is, that is built around some type of order, you know, maybe that order has gotten a little bit too powerful for its own good. And we've, we've put too much, um, we've put too much trust in the, the order that has been built and we're starting to, to really experience and see that, but we can't just tear the whole thing down and start over at, at the beginning of, of time. Like we have to carefully and intricately dismantle an old system while simultaneously building a new system and that the only way that this works is if if we are all understand that we're connected and we're all working towards the same solution not the same solution we're all working to solve the problem because you're going to have multiple different solutions and they're going to the the beauty of having eight billion people on the earth is that you can a b c d test all these theses all these ideas within a year and and get okay here's a clear winner you know uh you know we tested four different things and uh c was the best way to do this let's roll this out in a in a very quick and fast manner but we can't do that we can't roll that all out through these old systems of control because it just takes way too long the bureaucracy has built up and it's just impossible to get that stuff going so uh, again so how do you start you have to start with building these new solutions and i think they're already in place Uh, again in the financial system we do have a quantum financial system again not without its kinks and its its um things that have to get worked out before it's a fully functional system but it's being built Uh, i think with the schooling system yeah you you know it almost has to come from a private sector perspective because the public sector has made it very clear that that it's going to take a long time to make these changes. So, uh, and again, that's that's the difficult part because there is a finite amount of resources in this system that we've built. So, how do you allocate those resources to this this school system while also making it accessible to as many people as possible? Um, and maybe what it probably takes is some public private partnerships. So it's publicly funded money that's going towards privately um run institutions that 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 seems to be the best way that's how the that's how we built nasa that's how we got you know to the moon right you know if you believe we went to the moon and that's that's how this <laughs> this massive uh you know economic shift happened the last time was these these public private partnerships uh, where it was public money funding private sponsorships. That's how the that's how the university system was funded. You know, is public money funding these schools? Yeah. Uh, that that eventually became public private odd entities that were for profit that took pot private right. public money and kind of blurred the whole lines between all of that stuff. So, um, you know, that's the solution. Or you know, you try to change the system from within and you try to make that, which is another option that I think could work. Um, and maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe it is starting these new systems, building them up and also changing the system from within. I mean, I saw a beautiful ad from Apple yesterday or this morning, uh, how they're 
they're claiming that they're going to be carbon neutral by the end of next year in in every aspect of their facility of their company. That's all. Wow. So, so like most people were talking about 2030. Now they're, you know, carbon neutral. They're, they've switched to aluminum, pro, aluminum casing. Um, you know, th- there's no plastics in their offices. Like that, it's pretty incredible to, to see what, what a group of driven people can, can accomplish in a very short period of time when they have a, a, a clear task and a clear ability to do so. Uh, because I mean, you look at like Tesla. What what Tesla has done? Um, imagine if we did that instead of electric cars, we did that on our education system. We took the best and brightest of of uh, the the country, the world. You know, everybody in 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 society right now, and we we task them. Okay, let's rebuild our um, education system, and then we spent a year doing that. You bring up a good point. So. It's one of those things that I think about because um, I, I wish I had a better, I can't remember the name of the project, but the one gym the government had gone into school, public schools and were like giving kids like ESP tests because this is, they were developing their program. I think it was like project X or project yeah. something, something. Right. And um, to, yeah. I think about them and, like them and the Russians were doing the same thing. They, they were taking all right. the ESP kids and like, Basically, well, it's because they created that the remote view program and the whole right. like you know they were using, but they've been using ESP to communicate. The Navy was anyway in the fifties, so mm-hmm. it, this is after that. So they were doing something else, which I think you're right. I think it was a remote view. Um, anyway, it it made me think about that when you were just talking and how you were saying like, what if we did like how Tesla did and took the best and the brightest and how do you find these people, right? How do you find, so like you were saying earlier about having a, a group like the coach, like the, you know, spiritual communities, community, right? right. And not just because I find that I, I lead groups here that are people that want to be involved in the spiritual community. But then when you're um, a leader in that community, where do you go then? Right. So let's say that I did have something to offer. You have something to offer. We can work together easily. We could work together. And so how do we begin that is what I'm saying. Like we could probably make a difference, honestly, in something. I mean, that's what it that's what it's going to take is everybody (laughs) kind of stepping into this. And uh, there are there are systems that you can use. You can you know, it's it's actually very easy to start a a LLC right now, you know, using. Yeah using AI, you're able to basically start a business and figure out how, okay, how do I, how do I market myself? How do I get people, you know, how do I get information out there? And and that's what I think AI is starting to do. It's, it's fully democratizing the ability to have exponential growth. It, it no longer requires the investment of angel investors and hiring a team of right. lawyers, marketers, salespeople, and all that stuff. Like, you know, you're able to, on a pretty shoestring budget, get these ideas together. So, you know, maybe we can come up with, I don't know, $800,000 with 500 investors putting in that money in, and we can start this this uh, revolutionary uh, idea and get that up off the ground, get it running, and, and, you know, again, beta test it within the first two years. And, and then what that takes is open sourcing. 
So you have to, instead of saying, I, you know, let's say we put this business together and now it's like, okay, well, now we're going to go take this to the rest of the world. And it takes us 40 years to, to bring this out. And instead of, again, the for-profit model would, would, you would, um, you would franchise it. So, you know, you got to pay $150,000 to buy into the system. What if we just open sourced it because it's good for humanity. It's good for everybody. We're making enough money for us to live. Here's our system. Go employ, go put it out into your community, however you want to do it. And again, if you have questions, we can be a guide for you because we've already done this. We can help you. Uh, but for the most part, you know, figure this out on your own. Here's the basic idea behind it. And then boom, you now it's distributed again through the internet. You could, you could in one week have it in every single community that, that was uh, open to uh, trying new things out. And then now, now you have this, this system that was tested. It was proven, you know, maybe, maybe it is only 10 of the smartest people in the world that create these systems, but they have to give it out. It has to be open source. It has to be, okay, here's what we figured out. Now you guys run with it. And, and, you know, that is the spark that, that would, I think, help people make this massive change on the planet. I'm quiet because I'm thinking, I'm like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> How it's can an, I? It's how, an interesting hmm. idea. Yeah, so. I mean, on this on this pod, on this uh, phone call alone, we've we've come up with quite a, quite a few ideas that have actually are pretty helpful. I yeah, mean, I mean that luckily, could be done. That literally could be done. <laughs> yeah, luckily AI is going to transcript this, and I'll put it out. And again, uh, I, I'm, I I hold no copyright <laughs> over this. If you want to take any of these ideas and use them to better society, take them. I want them out there. Feel free. Um, Me too. You know, I mean, hey, if you pr- can promote teach the podcast, people to- <laughs> perfect. I know oh, I'm excited to promote the podcast, and thank you for having me. But if you want to teach anybody any intuition development, I encourage you to, because all it does is literally make you happier as a person within yourself. And that's, and and you just do things to help other people. Like you find yourself helping all, I don't think about it. You know what I mean? I just do it. I don't. Right. What's, what's in it for me kind of thing, right? Like, oh God, no. Yeah. Yeah. I never do. Which is, it's just, I would rather it be that way. Yeah, you know? exactly. If there's somebody struggling and I can help them, I'm going to help them. And that's what I think everybody should have, not the, oh, they'll be fine. Right. You know? Beautiful. But well, it does make me too sensitive to be in a, to go out into a <laughs> city where there's home. I just, I, my heart breaks if I see animals, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's tough. Hard. Anyway. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation, Marla. I really appreciate it. Um, I am looking forward to putting this out and getting it out there. And um, yeah, if anybody wants to work with you on their intuition, how can they sign up for the Intuitive Wellness Institute? Either go to the website, intuitivewellnessinstitute.com, or just email me, marla at intuitivewellnessinstitute.com. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate this conversation. I hope that we've created a, a small wave of change in the world, and I Look forward to to talking to you again. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will talk to me again. And I, right. you're not going to get rid of me, Joe. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks Thank for you, having Marla. me. No problem. Okay.
Thank you again for listening to Changing the Channel with Joe Garner. If you enjoyed the show, please follow the podcast, hit the bell to know when a new show comes out, share with a friend, and rate us on whatever platform you're tuning in from. It helps get these messages out to more people to create the collective shift in reality we are here to experience. Make sure you interact with the Q&A and poll sections of the show so I can continue to provide content you enjoy. Finally, check out my website in the show notes to become a VIP of Changing the Channel and join the shift that is happening.